we've walked through every difficult situation and yet every triumph we give God for the praise for his triumph amen but he's the one that causes us to have the victory in everything amen I, I want to speak with you for a moment this morning um, because I don't ever want you to see this table the same anymore from this day forward by the grace of God I want you to I want God to give you eyes many are talking about 2020 20 vision but I want God to give you eyes to not to, to look at this table and when you do you see something that you've never seen before and you'll never be able to see it the same way again I want to speak with you just a moment on the supernatural power of Holy Communion. Speak with your neighbor that we need the supernatural power of Holy Communion. The, the word communion actually means, it, it actually means sharing. It's often, the same word is often even spoken of communication. Uh, it means that it, it, there's an exchange going on. And the power about com commun communion, or this word koinonia is the original word, is because of the exchange, because of the exchange, something supernatural happens and changes. Because of the exchange, it, it really refers to communion, is about, it's, it's a divine exchange. It's a divine sharing. And that word suggests that when this sharing has taken place, the two that have shared are not the same. Those of us who live in the, in, the, in the covenant of marriage can understand that very practically. But I wonder if you've got it spiritually. So let me, let me, just, let me just break this open for you. I want you to take these notes and... The reason why, because I want you to work with these during 2020. Because I believe that God wants to bring healings, breaking of addictions, tearing down of strongholds in your life, places that you've not been able to break through or overcome. Power and victory over temptations. Personal miracles. God working in you and for you what you absolutely could not do for yourself. Marriages restored. Communion is for the union of marriage. That word koinonia is the, one of the best words to describe what a marriage is. It's an exchange and in the exchange the two are changed and they become one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, are we, are we going to be able to have notes? Let me know so. Okay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16, and I'm reading, some of you won't believe it, I'm reading in the King James Version. Lord, have mercy. Amen. The cup of blessing, in fact, if I had to give a subtitle to this today I want to talk to you and present to you the cup of blessing the cup of blessing which we bless 
Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? The Apostle Paul asked a rhetorical question. A rhetorical question is one that where it has an automatic and assumed answer. It's an affirmative. When you ask the question this way, it means yes. When he says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? And we break, when we break the bread, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? When we eat the bread and drink the cup, we are communing with each other and with Christ. Because a communion is an exchange of life. In this exchange, the life you have that is not from God, you give. And the life he has in him, you receive. This exchange changes you and confirms the change that Jesus has already made. When he took on flesh and became a man for you and I, he will never reverse that exchange. He will always be fully man and fully God. When he invites us into this meal, he himself is the one who stamped it and named it, characterized it and described it. He said, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Take it, share it among yourselves. When you drink it, remember me. He's the one that said, this is the bread. This bread is my body broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. The eating and drinking is uh, common to us in the culture of Jesus. If he wanted to take anything that everyone could relate to, he took eating and drinking. How many of you are, can't wait to go eat? Never mind. It is interesting to note, though, that when Jesus had communion with his disciples, they had already eaten. And at the end of the meal, then is when he introduced the cup and the bread. What Jesus did is enough to turn everything around in your life. Eating and drinking in, an, in a worthy manner is to believe that what I'm eating and what I'm drinking has the power to change everything in my life. Is Christ's blood strong enough? Is his blood strong enough for you? Will his body and his blood, will it reverse the curse that has been active in your life? This is the question. It's interesting that we can believe a doctor that prescribes us medicine to heal our bodies. So why wouldn't we believe in what Jesus prescribes? 
If we can put our confidence in the medicine the doctor prescribes, how much more should we put our confidence in the blood and the body of Jesus? There, there's songs written about this. There's power in the blood. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, there's a little warning about this sacrament that we are about to partake. It says something very interesting, and unfortunately, it's been abused many times in the church. And we, I just want to take a second to clear it up for those of you who've run across this passage. Therefore, if you eat, it, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But verse 28 says, but a man must examine himself. And because we live in, in this inclusive society, a man or a woman, I have to say that. Those of us who are old school understand when the Bible says a man, it's referring to mankind and everybody's included. But today we've had such confusion and foolishness, we have to make clear what we're saying. I want to tell you, every one of you who happens to be a woman, you are absolutely and fully included in this promise. Amen. I'll let all the women say amen. amen. Therefore, who eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthy manner. But let a man, but let a man examine himself. Let a person, in, in some of the new translations of the Bible, the newer translations don't say let a man, they'll say let a person examine themselves. I'm, I feel kind of bad that, that the culture has so singled out and divided male and female until unless you say in, in one statement and mention her, she feels less than. That's unfortunate because that's not the way God looks at you, amen. And, and Paul writes that because their feast had become, in fact, they call them love feast. Where they would all gather together and, and they would have, as it were, like a, like a cookout. Uh, as it were, it, be, it could be compared to a potluck. As it were, it could be compared to a, a, a dinner where everybody's partaking, eating, and having a great time. And that's what Jesus did with his disciples. They were around the table. It was their way, just eating and talking and eating, fellowshipping with each other. By the way, in case you don't know it, in case you might have lost it, in case the culture has kicked you out, I just want you to know that there's nothing better than a great meal with great company. I don't know that if anything I enjoy more than sitting to an incredible meal with people I love. And, and not only exchanging the taste of food and digging in each other's plates, although some of you can't do that, I know, but, but, but it's, there's nothing better than that. It's an amazing thing. Quickly, Johnson, I have to tell myself quickly. I have more to say to you. In that meal, they had turned it into something it wasn't supposed to be. In fact, they were getting drunk and they were living riotously and treating each other in ways that did not, that did not give honor to God. So the Apostle Paul, when he writes this, he writes it to bring, in this particular passage, to bring correction to their partying that was not pleasing to the Lord. 
He said, uh, so when he, he says, let a man examine himself. And check this out. Let a man examine himself. And in doing so, when you examine yourself, he is to eat of the bread and he is to drink of the cup. Paul's not trying to keep them from the cup. He's trying to include them in the cup so it's not damaging to them. When a man examines himself, your self-examination, amen, your self-examination is what makes you worthy of the cup because you can't, you're not worthy except by faith in Jesus Christ. I'm gonna say to you, every person sitting here today, you are only worthy to eat at this table if you believe in Jesus. Check it out, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night which he was betrayed, took bread. Check this out. For I delivered to you, for I received from the Lord, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, check this out, that the Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. in his most difficult hour, in his most challenging situation, he takes bread and he eats this meal with them. And I want to say to you, some of you may, though you're here today, may be really going through a difficult hour. I would say to you, in the middle of your difficult hour as the Lord, take bread. This special bread. And this cup. Mm. He will help you handle every difficulty in your life. Every difficulty in your life. This meal in faith. This meal in faith will help you through every difficult situation you're going through. But you must see it correctly. Not magic. It's simply the word of the Lord and the instruction of Jesus which he gave for us. So let me, let me give you real quick, and I can do it relatively quick. Just act like you understand what I'm saying. Just yes, amen, Bishop, amen. I want to give you six, wow. I want to give you six powerful, I want to give you six supernatural benefits of this table. We're not partying, partying like some of you used to party before you were saved. Why are you laughing? Some of you remember the, the way you used to party. And neither is it solemn so that it becomes religious and, and, and by rote. But there are six things you can expect the Lord to do. I want you to work with these things particularly for, particularly for 2020, beginning right now. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, I rehearsed before you in times past, Abraham and Melchizedek. And Abraham come, is coming back from a major victory, and he meets Melchizedek. But Melchizedek is called the king of Salem. Salem means peace. Melchizedek is the king of peace. 
He brought out bread and wine for Abraham. And Abraham, instead of taking anything from anyone else, came and first gave a tenth of all that he had. He gave a tenth of all he had recovered. He laid it at the feet of Melchizedek, who was both priest and king. And how does, how does the king respond to Abraham, his faith? He brings out bread and he brings out wine. He has communion with him. The first thing I want you to, to get in your spirit when you drink this cup and when you eat this bread, wow, is peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Everything in our culture wants to upset your peace, keep you on edge, keep you anxious, keep you on, keep you on living on that, that, living in that place where you can't find rest to your soul. People are not, you know the body of Christ is not sleeping. By the way, they've connected Alzheimer's to a lack of sleep. We've never had that in our culture more than we have it right now. At the bottom of it is the peace of God that God wants to place back in your life. So one, the first thing I want you to receive is the peace of God. Because you can't trust him and worry too. That's what my daddy told me. My daddy told me, he said, son, you can't worry and trust God at the same time time. Tell your neighbor what I said. Preach to him. Say, you can't worry and trust God at the same time. And, and what will issue you is faith in the bread and faith in the, in the cup. First thing, as Abraham, he got peace. What he wanted from God, he didn't have it. But when he took that bread and he took that cup, it was the basis of everything God wanted to give him. God would put peace in his heart. I don't have time to break it open like I want to, but I will tell you when, when he drank that cup and ate that bread, that was the precursor to God bringing everything, all the miracle into his life. Could not manifest until he received peace from the Prince of Peace. When you receive this cup today, receive the peace of God. Peace is, peace is described, shalom is one way. It means to have your foot on the neck of your enemies. Nobody is harass, harassing me now. Your thoughts can't harass you anymore. Other voices can't harass you anymore. Bad dreams have to stop harassing you when the peace of God comes into your heart and into your life. Your blood pressure goes down because the peace of God comes in your life. Your blood sugar goes down because you receive the peace of God in your life. I'm not worried about anything. Don't you worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Tell your, tell your brother, tell your sister, don't worry about a thing. Come on, tell me the rest of it. Every little. <laughs> and, 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 and the king of Salem, Melchizedek, blessed him. And we're talking about the cup of blessing. Number two, the word of God will come into your, you will get 
answers you've been waiting for. Listen to this. Look at the 15th chapter of Genesis, verse 1. After these things, see, after, after these things, after Melchizedek, this is now in the next chapter, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, don't fear, Abraham, or Abram, don't fear. I am your shield and your very great reward. I want to just pronounce this over you when you take the cup today. Deliverance from every form of fear. Because his blood, his blood and his body, Lord have mercy. Give him your fear. He'll give you his faith. Fear of growing, fear of not growing old. Fear of growing old. Fear of losing your job. Fear of losing your home. Fear of losing your children. Fear of losing your mate. Every kind of fear. Do you know that fear has torment when you receive, when you place your faith in Jesus? These elements today, when you eat and when you drink, I want you to let fear go. Tell fear where to go. Hello, fear. This used to be your seat. It's not your seat anymore. Perfect love. Cast out fear. Number, number, is that, which one was that? That was two, right? Number three, look, check this out. He says in, in, in Genesis 15, one, he says, I am your shield. I, I want you to get this in your heart supernatural protection in, in this year and as you go into the next. God has already been protecting you. Haven't you seen it? The car should have hit you, but it didn't. Are you there? Some of you walked by tragedy and you didn't even know God shielded you. When, when the Bible says, I'm going to be your shield, he means I'm going to protect you. Look, you need to know that because if God wants you to go where you've never gone, you need the assurance of protection when you go. God knows your journey and everything on it. You have to appropriate by faith God's supernatural protection. Now I want you to know in 2020, God is going to solicit you to go where you have not gone before. And you can go because no more fear and I know that I'm protected. If I have a lack of fear and protection, that equals boldness. That means you can go and do everything God wants you to do and you can do it with great confidence in the name of Jesus. When you eat this bread and when you drink this cup today, accept the protection that God has for you. Amen. Put your hand on your name and say, God has already shielded you. Say, <laughs> so you can't see the shield, but you can see the results of the shield. Tragedy blowing around you, going, tragedy all around you. Nothing is coming near your step. Nothing's coming near your space. God knows how to protect 
protect you. Some of you have forgotten that God has released angels before behind to protect you along your way. And some of you have not understood that God has already seen what the enemy has planned and he's already released protection for you. I want you to reach out and receive that. And when you take the cup today, when you take this bread, I want you to, I want you to receive that divine protection around you. Wherever you go, whomever you encounter, whatever you come into, know he's with you. Know he will not forsake you. Some of y'all need to Uber, but you won't Uber because you're scared. Lord Jesus. Some of y'all won't drive because you're afraid of the traffic. It was, it was noted that uh, Atlanta is the number one in sex trafficking across the nation. Look at your neighbor and say, the protection of God is already over your life and over your children. Clap your hands if you believe that. I want you to receive that in your heart. When you take this bread, when you take this cup, I want you to know you are protected. Number five, Number four, yes, amen. He said, I am your shield. Remember that? He said, I'm going to, I, I, I didn't give you this one? Yes. I did give you this one. Number four. Yeah, keep up. This is number four. I'm, I did number four. I'm about to do number five. Uh, are we on the same page? This is number five. Hey, Kenny, is that right? This is number five? Kenny says number five. That's what I've got. Number five. I am, check this out. He said, he said, do I need, do, do I need it? Oh, 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 okay. Check this out. Check this out. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Don't fear. Do not fear, Abraham. I am your what? I am your what? Oh, you might not have it up there. I am your, I am a shield to you. And then he says, your reward shall be very great. Let me give you that phrase, your reward shall be very great in another translation. I am your abundant compensation. Tap your neighbor and say, God is your abundant compensation. Say it this way. God is your divine provision. Amen. So this means, this is the word of the Lord to Abraham. And of course, Abraham is that precursor to, to those who follow God, to those who follow God, to those who believe God. And, and what God does to Abraham in Christ, he does to us. He said, I want you to know this. I am the one that's going to be your provision. I'm going to, and I'm going to be your abundant compensation. Raise your hand if you feel like you've not been compensated enough according to your trouble or your investment. You feel like you still do some compensation. If that's you, raise your hand and just believe with us now, even when we take this bread and when we drink this cup, that every bit of compensation that should come to you is coming to you. Everything that the enemy tried to keep from you, God said, I am, I am, I will be for you abundantly, I'm going to abundantly compensate you. I want you to get a hold of it. And so when you drink this cup and when you eat this bread, tap in to the promise. 
and know that God is going to fix it. You don't believe God is about compensation. You have not read the New Testament. People came and crying to God about, they owe me, Lord. They didn't go to the person, but to God. God is the one that makes sure when everything is, Lord have mercy, everything is due you is going to come to you. Tell them what I said. Everything is due you is going to come to you. This is the last one, right? In Genesis chapter 18, by the time this occurrence of meeting with Melchizedek happens, then Abraham is on, you know, he's, God has given him the victory when all of the people and, and, and when his people were taken and he went and retrieved all the people and retrieved not only that, but all the spoils and came back and gave it to Melchizedek and, and he honored him. In other words, he, Abraham honored his victory by honoring the one who represented heaven. And he came and he laid that at his feet. Melchizedek, who's that mysterious person who shows up in, in the Old Testament and then reappears in the New Testament in the 11th chapter, in the 9th chapter of Hebrews, explaining clearly who Melchizedek is. This Christophany, this, this appearance of Jesus in another form. He blesses him. And after he blesses him, Abraham leaves there and goes about what God had directed him to do and where God had directed him to go. By the time you get to chapter 18, God comes again. He shows up again. In fact, three men show up. Immediately, Abraham recognizes these are men not like ordinary men. He, 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 does the first, he does the thing that you do in the East, and that is you prepare a meal. He says, Sarah, quick. Fix some meat, fix some bread. We need to have, we need to commune with these persons. And surely she does fix it and and they're sitting with these men and Abram is just waiting to, what, what are you going to say? Genesis 18, 14. God asks a powerful question. I want you to ask your neighbor, is anything too difficult for God to do? Ask your neighbor, is anything too difficult for God to do? Find somebody else. Is, is anything too difficult for God to do? And then, then, then the Lord speaks to Abram and he says, at the appointed time, I will return to you next year, this time, this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Many of you, you spent the last 12 months on a promise that you have not got in your hand yet. But I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, as you partake of this cup and drink of this cup and, and eat of this bread, next year you're going to have the very thing that God had promised you to have. 
Look at your neighbor's head. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? Number six is the impossible is made possible. Some of you or some of you wanted to give up. You wanted to give up in, because the struggle was so hard. You weren't feeling it. In fact, many of you in 2019, you felt exactly the opposite and you felt like, why even bother thinking about it? Some of you quit praying about it. Others of you just got complacent about it. And you ended up in a situation where you just kind of just going through the motions. Anybody ever been there? To, to encourage your brothers and sisters to let them know they're not alone. If this is you and you're just kind of going through the motions, but you want you want God to do, but you're just kind of going through the motions because you don't know that if it's ever going to happen. Raise your hand if you have the courage to do so so that they can see that they're not alone. It can be so discouraging when you don't feel it, when you don't see it. When you don't even, you can't even get any evidence of it. It, it, whatever God promised, whatever God said, whatever the prophet prophesied, whatever you've been praying for in the beginning of 2019, that just by the time you got to halfway, what's, what's the use? It's too, too hard to believe for something that's, that I can't make happen on my own. That God just simply requires. God is a God of timing and when he comes to Abraham the very joy of his life the whole reason God waits and when he finally appears in the 18th chapter he looks at Abraham across from him from a meal they were eating together and he said is anything too hard for God? Okay, tell your neighbor you just need to remember tell him, just look at him, talk to him say, you just need to remember that nothing is too hard for God. For whatever is impossible with man is possible with God. Clap your hands and give him praise about it. This exchange, this exchange I'm, I'm speaking with you about today I believe with God and with you that it will happen this morning for you. You give God that doubt. You give God that disappointment. You take in his body and his blood. Quit letting theological issues trip you up from your blessings. You don't have to figure out whether it's literally his, his body. When Jesus said it, his body was in his body. He was in his body at the table when he talked to his disciples. So we know it wasn't physically his body because the body right there. So what are we talking about in the church? Jesus said, this is my body. So if he said, this is my body, I believe Jesus. 
By the way, I believe anybody who predicts his own death and then died and, and predicts his own resurre resurrection and get it from the dead, I believe anything he want to tell me, I believe it. And if he said, this is my body, then take it like his body. If he said, this is the cup of the blessing, if this is the cup of my, my blood in the, in the new covenant, take it like his cup in the new covenant. Believe this is about your, tap your neighbor again, this is about your faith in what Jesus said. I started to tell you earlier this year, this year has been something different. Um, in this realm of, of the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, some call it the Eucharist, depending on your background. But I want to tell you, it has come to me personally. So there are things that I wrestled with that I needed God to do something. I, hadn't, I, didn't, I didn't, uh, haven't broadcasted, but this year, we're going to participate in more in this tale because Jesus said, as, oft, as, as often as you do it, as many times, he didn't tell us how many times. In the church, we, we know we got once a month, you know, and that's kind of the, because it became just kind of by road. It became, you know, you do something um, enough in rotation, it can become a routine and, and it becomes so common until the life that is in it you can't extract it from it. And this year on purpose, I, I've tried to hear God about when to have this and when not to. And he's been readjusting me. And, and, and even personally, even over physical situations, I have to tell you, I, I was listening to someone last week and they, they, I, I so related to them. I said, just don't talk about because it's very personal. But, but when you struggle inside, Jesus gave us something to help us in the struggle. He gave us something. He knew we would need it. He knew you would need it. As a family, I, there's so many aspects of this. You can't possibly exhaust it in one message. But part of the aspect of this is about not only what's happening with you, but what's happening with us. Jesus never intended you to just be a single person going up the rough side of the mountain by yourself. He never intended that. He made provision for us. And in his body, in fact, the Apostle Paul said, when you don't discern the Lord's body, many are sick, many are weak, and many are sleep. One of my very own is sleep today because they did not discern the Lord's body. We treated church like a club. Come when I want. I'm at pay to dues. I keep the rules, at least the ones you can see. But that's not what God called the church. He called the church his body. You don't go to church, tap your neighbor and say, you are the church. And this, it, one of the things he did, one of, the, one of the things he did for us, he provided for us the table that would continue to pull us together. 
and continue to draw from that table the life and the power, the supernatural power. So let's do it. <laughs>